Blessed Sunday Lighthouse family, to all the Lighthouse churches nationwide, good morning. Also to the Citygate Church, led by Pastor Sam Sade, thank you for always joining us. It is a brand new Sunday, a brand new online worship service here at Lighthouse. Good morning, my name is Pastor Nikki Floho. I am one of the young adults pastors here in Lighthouse. Of course, uh, we serve in this ministry called YAMO which means young adults ministering to others in Christ. So if you're a young adult, regardless if you're single, if you're married, if you, you're a young family, please do join us. Uh, look for us over at Facebook or Instagram. Yamo Inc. is the word to look for. All right. So this month, as kicked off by our senior pastor, Giorgio Baldo, last Sunday, it's all about the fruits of the Holy Spirit, as seen in Galatians 5, 22-23. It's all about getting filled Living the Spirit-filled life. And this series will just allow us to dive into these different fruits and how it should be filling us, most especially during these times of the pandemic. That in this generation and the generations to come, as, as mentioned, we actually live in, in, a, in a fallen world. We live in the end times. But in order to press on, our actions, decisions, and directions should be filled with the Spirit all the time. Hallelujah. And Pastor Jojo last week kicked it off, of course, with the first fruit of the Spirit, which is all about love. And from last Sunday's preaching, the love that we get from God should open up our hearts and to overflow unto others. So hopefully you guys learned a lot about love. But this Sunday, we're going to talk more about the next fruits of the Holy Spirit, which is about joy and peace. Today is about getting filled with joy and peace. Our goal for this Sunday service is to be able to really reflect what fills our tanks if you want to be filled or if you want to experience joy and peace in our lives. And then what can we do to sustain that joy and peace in our lives? Church, how are your hearts today? If I ask you, do you feel joyful do you have peace of mind right now given our current situations? Or what disrupts your joy and peace? What, what robs that joy out of your heart? I want to do a short exercise with you guys. As you can see, you're all familiar with these emojis, right? Especially for those of you guys who are listening or watching this through Facebook, all right? So what I want to do is I want to ask you again that question. How would you rate your joy and peace right now? So if you would indulge me, if you guys are feeling super great, you're, you're feeling super joyful and peaceful right now, you're on a high, why don't you click that heart emoji on Facebook? But if you're feeling okay lang, medyo normal, you know, just, you know, all, all right, just good, steady lang, then click that like button. But on the other side of the spectrum, if you're feeling a little bit down, a little bit troubled, why don't you click that sad face on Facebook? And then to the extreme, if right now, my friends, you are feeling so anxious about your situations right now, about being, being inside the house for so long right now, if you're feeling so depressed, feeling so sad, why don't you click that angry, terrible icon? And to my co-pastors who are tuned in right now, to the other church leaders in Lighthouse, uh, I want to ask for a favor. If you see anybody who would click that bad or terrible icons, why don't you tag them in the comment section or maybe send them a private message and give them an encouragement, 
an encouraging word, maybe a prayer even. And if you guys are shy in doing this, you can see our QR code on the screen and our numbers below where you can send in any prayer requests if ever you guys are feeling bad or terrible. Now before we dive in, I want us to be on the same page on how we see the fruits of joy and peace. So we're going to define first what joy is and what peace is. All right, so first, let's start with joy. Joy is a Greek word um, called chara, or is derived from the word charis, which actually means grace. So that's one of the beautiful things that I learned while preparing for this morning's preachings, that joy is actually derived from grace. And as a fruit of the Holy Spirit, it is of divine origin that flourishes during challenging times. And joy is a positive attitude of the heart, but the thing is, it's not the same as happiness. Some of us think that joy is equal happiness, but there's a difference. Happiness is something triggered from external factors. Like if somebody gives you a surprise gift, if somebody calls you, your boss calls you and tells you, you know what, you got promoted, you got a raise, then you feel that, that shot of happiness in your heart. But then the thing with happiness is it's very fleeting. It can easily be taken away. If you get a bad message from, from your parents, if you get a breakup message from your partner, if, you, if your crush from school, um, ka lang sa Facebook Messenger, those things, right? Then it robs that happiness. It's very fleeting. Joy, on the other hand, is something deeper than that. It's something more internal. It is, it is of divine origin. It is of grace that we have that joy. So we can define joy as the presence of something positive stemming from grace. Moving on to peace, it's the Greek word uh, Irene or shalom in Hebrew. I'm sure you guys have heard the word shalom, right? It's, it's that um, expression or idea of wholeness or tranquility that is unaffected by outward pressure, meaning it's the lack of something negative or the lack of disturbance. So in order to define it, it's the state of wholeness that is reached when there is an absence in conflict. Now you have to ask, um, so these two are different, right? So why are we putting it together for this Sunday preaching? Well, yes, in a sense, they're different. Since one is hinged on the presence of something positive while experiencing something negative, which is joy, and the other for peace is the absence of something negative. So they're, they're different in that sense but they intertwine. I believe that when we accepted the Lord as our Savior, when, when God is in our hearts and our lives, He created all of us with a default sense of wholeness or tranquil state. But since we live in a fallen world, it's inevitable that the enemy will always attack us, whether from external or internal factors. Our peace will always be disturbed. The enemy will always try to remove that peace inside of us. And when our peace is disrupted, that is when the fruit of joy flourishes and manifests. The Holy Spirit uses joy, that spirit-given expression through grace for us to be able to overthrow the negative things that are happening in our lives. And then when joy abounds, then we get to experience peace once again. So joy and peace are intertwined and follow each other. But this morning, we won't really dwell too much on 
how we define joy and peace because I believe there is something much deeper the Lord wants us to learn about these fruits from the Holy Spirit. For this morning, we're going to study the book of Philippians. It's a book in the New Testament also authored by Paul. Of course, he wrote Galatians, where of course our November theme is hinged on. And we won't be reading the entire four chapters of Philippians, but we're going to be getting and reading a lot from the four chapters of it. This morning, we're going to look at the heart and spirit of Paul and learn how he kept joy and peace inside of him in the face of persecution. And I believe this is very much relevant to us right now, given we're still living in the pandemic, that the whole world is still suffering because of this virus. And during these times, it is difficult to sustain joy and peace in our hearts and very easy to just entertain the negativity that is just surrounding all of us. So would you join me in prayer? Almighty Father, we thank you once again and praise you for another Sunday service where we can encounter you and the opportunity to experience a breakthrough given the situations in our lives. Lord, I ask that would you just hide me behind your cross Cover me with your blood and leading Holy Spirit so that it is going to be you who they would be hearing from and learning from. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. So a little bit of background about Philippians. It's actually the, it's Philippi, of course. It's the first church that Paul planted in Europe. And um, when, when Paul went to Philippi in that city, uh, in the area of Macedonia. When he arrived there, it was actually a very thriving urban city filled with Romans and Greeks. So this place was actually very cultured and there were a lot of mixed values and mixed beliefs. So it actually reminds me of Metro Manila, if you think about it, right? So when Paul arrived there, it, it was very difficult for him to, to, you know, to teach a new kind of doctrine, Right? Let alone plant a new church, a church there, because people were believing a lot of different things. But through his persistence and anointing of the Spirit, Paul was able to convert the first European Christian in Philippi. Her name is Lydia. You can find her story in the book of Acts. And then it all started from there. He was able to plant the first church in Europe. And for Philippians, it's also one of the four prison letters of Paul. There's Galatians, there's Corinthians, there's the letter to Philemon, and then Philippians. They're called prison letters because it was during his two-year imprisonment in Rome where Paul was able to write these letters and then send them out to these churches. And what's significant about Philippians is, unlike the other prison letters, the tone and structure of Philippians is more uplifting and hopeful. And some scholars would actually call this the letter of joy. In the other churches like Galatia and Corinth, these cities were facing extreme um, problems of the faith, both external and internal. But for Philippians, although they did have opposition of their own, it seems like that the church there is like better off more than the others. That's why in the letter of Paul to the Philippians, it was full of thanksgiving. I mean, aside from the fact that they were supporting him financially for his ministry, it was full of thanksgiving, encouragement, and sharing of joy and peace towards them. Now, to break down Philippians further, we can, we can see that it has four chapters, and the sections are of the following. Number one, in chapter one, it's advancing the gospel and a life worthy of it. Chapter two is about 
focusing on the humility of Christ. Chapter 3 is the opposition of the flesh and then following Paul's example. And chapter 4 is about exhortation on unity of joy and peace. Now, how are we going to look at Philippians for our, for our preaching today, which is about getting filled with joy and peace? Now, we're going to focus not exactly on the whole content of Philippians 4, as you can see here, or even just chapter 4, because it has joy and peace there, right? But we're going to take a look at the person who wrote this letter, the voice of Philippians, which is Paul. Why Paul? Given Paul's background and where he was coming from, from writing this letter, the underlying message of Philippians is all about rejoicing in the face of persecution. Again, as I mentioned, when Paul wrote this, he was in the middle of his two-year imprisonment in Rome. He was awaiting for an audience with, with Nero, with Caesar, because he was being accused of extreme blasphemy from the Jews in Jerusalem. Now, Paul's imprisonment here is quite interesting. Since he was a Roman citizen, he had certain privileges. And one of them is actually he could actually choose a house which he can rent for his imprisonment, which is basically a house arrest. So when we say imprisonment, hindi siya yung typical na bars and, and walls and really small windows. He was actually in a house. He was in house arrest. So meaning, he probably had a comfortable bed. He had a, he had a table. He had a chair. Meron siguro siyang CR don where he can just go do his thing privately. So he was comfortable. And he also had privileges of having visitors to visit him if he wanted to. And he even had food allowance during his stay there in Rome. But there's a catch. During his house arrest, Paul was in chains. He had chains both in his arms and on his legs. And plus, he was chained to a Roman soldier. He was being followed, monitored, observed by a Roman soldier 24-7. So if you think about it, yes, he may be in a house, comfortable siya doon. He had the amenities, right, compared to a standard regular prison we normally know of. But then again, he had chains. He was bounded and he was being monitored by a Roman soldier 24-7. So it's still nerve-wracking. It's still imprisonment. House arrest. Does it sound familiar, my friends? I mean, for the past eight months, almost nine, right? We've been quarantined in our homes. So para rin siyang house arrest, right? We've been imprisoned for these past few months because of this pandemic. And yes, we've had privileges of you know, enjoying the, the comforts of our home, our comfortable bed, our TV, our internet connection, where we can continue to work from home, learn from home, even, you know, do leisure, like play games, do online shopping. But I'm sure this situation has taken a toll on a lot of us, mentally, financially, physically, even spiritually. Now, Paul had chains. What about you guys? What chains have you had during these past months? We may not have those physical chains like Paul had, but we may have chains of the flesh, chains of bad habits. Either we caught a new bad habit or we, we continued some bad habits or chains of anxiety and worry that are just limiting us to move forward. But again, we are going to look at Philippians in how Paul handled his situation 
rejoicing in the face of persecution. I mean, how can Paul, in the middle of being in all of this, be still joyful and peaceful? And if you're that person right now who's feeling, I need that sustenance of joy and peace right now, given our current times, it would be to our benefit to really look into Paul's life and how his condition was in the context of Philippians. So given that, we're going to look at three stances of Paul to be able to be filled with joy and peace. Stance here means um, the attitude and mindset on his current situation and persecution. How was his posture despite these things that are happening around him? So number one, Paul saw the purpose. See the purpose. In Philippians 1, chapters 12 to 14, it says here, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Again, if you remember how we define peace, it is the, the absence of something negative. So being without fear, he was at peace. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provisions of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Paul found joy and peace despite you know, facing this persecution because he knew the purpose of his situation and that God will still use whatever's happening to him to continue and further expand his kingdom. For me, looking at this pandemic and being quarantined, you know, through a biblical lens has given me confidence that God is using these times to try and help us adjust for the future. That maybe online is actually the way to go in really spreading Jesus' word rapidly, especially reaching out to those people who are really far-flung and maybe in other countries or even other provinces here in the Philippines. Also, maybe he's trying to allow us to discover new ways to spread the gospel online. I mean, before the quarantine, did you guys ever know about the app Zoom? Did you ever use that in your daily routine? I'm sure most of you are saying no. But because of what's been happening to us, we're now using all of these online tools, Skype, Zoom, Messenger, and all of these things just to be able to continue on and spreading the gospel. Another one is maybe the Lord wants us to recheck our foundations and to seek Him more. Now maybe before the pandemic, before the quarantine, we're all on fire for Jesus because we were, we were in church. We were in this physical building. We were together physically with our discipleship groups. But when, you, when that was taken away from us because of the quarantine season, what happened? Maybe you, you haven't been active as much. Maybe you haven't been um, consistent in watching our online services here in Lighthouse or in other churches. It's because maybe our foundations were, were situated in maybe not really Jesus, but more on the physical connections of fellow Christians. Not that it was wrong, but our foundations must be founded on Him. And maybe another one is knowing that God has a higher purpose for what is happening right now, it should give us that sense of peace and to accept the new reality and find joy because God 
is still present and very much never absent, most especially during these times. My friends, if now you feel like you're being robbed of your joy and peace because of this pandemic, just like Paul, let's, let's see the purpose. Ask God for the reason why you are experiencing a specific difficulty right now. And let's not be discouraged and continue to press on. For Paul, knowing God is using his mess into a message that he will turn his tests into a testimony, his trials into a triumph, and us being a victim into a victory filled him with joy and peace despite his conditions because he saw the purpose. Number two, Paul sought the well-being of others. Seek the well-being of others. That's number two. Philippians 2, verse 2 to 4 says, Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. Paul found joy and peace by imitating Christ's humility through constantly teaching the ways of Christ and thinking of the welfare of others. If you put yourself in the position of Paul, you're, you're in house arrest, you're in chains for like two years or so, and you are being followed and guarded by a Roman soldier, wouldn't our initial reaction be, or our stance be parang, how will I survive this? Diba? It will be more of ourselves. But for Paul, he didn't let his condition stop him from writing these letters, from sending them out to the different churches in Europe, in Asia, and teaching the Word of God because for him, it made his joy complete by connecting to others and teaching them just like Jesus to think of the interest of others. For me, finding new ways during the pandemic to further connect with other people via, via online prayer, via our online ministries here in Lighthouse and in, in Yamo, and hearing stories of breakthrough, like people losing jobs and then um, getting new or one or two new jobs, um, provision uh, financially that just came out of nowhere, stories of breakthrough, hearing those things gives me a sense of joy and confidence that Christ is still in control, that his love still abounds. There was a medical study that I read over at Psychology Today that talks about how helping others can relieve anxiety and depression. And the conclusion in the study was that a good way to fight off anxiety and depression is by having what they call compassionate goals, which was about striving to help others and making a positive difference in someone else's life. So these include, you know, just basically talking to other people, listening to what they're going through, maybe doing something for them. And as a Christian, um, praying for people, um, continue on with, with their discipleship groups, spreading the gospel, discipleship, compassionate goals. At home, whenever I would feel anxious about anything, sometimes I would just drop everything that I'm doing and spend time with my kids and help them with their playing and with their homeworks. Or sometimes I would relieve my wife of her chores at home and do it so that I can be of service to her. 
And doing that, doing that, I would feel a sense of relief from the anxiousness that I would feel. And then I would feel that joy and peace would slowly abound inside once again. And I believe this supports what Paul was doing. That in order for him to be filled with joy and peace and fight off the negativity, he sought the well-being of others. How about you guys? Have you been seeking the well-being of others during these times? Or has it always been about yourself? About making sure that you're okay, that you're all well and good inside? Just like Paul, have that stance of seeking the well-being of others. And maybe, actually an assurance, just like Paul, that you will find that peace and joy once again in your hearts during these times. Number three, Paul had a support system. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 19 to 20, he says there, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. Send back to you Epaphroditus in verse 25, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier who is also your messenger whom you sent to take care of my needs. Verse 28, 29, it says there, I am the more eager to send him. Joy was abounding in the heart of Paul so that when you see him again, you may be glad and may have less anxiety. Again, peace, the absence of that negativity there. So, when, so then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him. Paul had joy and peace because he had trusted people around him who would support him no matter what. In these verses, Paul, of course, name drops two important people, Timothy, who was his ultimate protege. His, his, it was like a son to him. He was his parashat anak ni Paul during his ministry time. And there was Epaphroditus, one of Paul's churchmates in, in Philippi, who was there not just to help him preach the gospel in that city, but he was also the one traveling back and forth to provide money and support from the church of Philippi for Paul's ministry. Paul mentioned these characters because of their utmost faithfulness in sharing Jesus despite difficult challenges, similar to what he was going through. He felt confident. He was at peace because he knew that whatever he was got, if he was gone, if something happens to him in Rome, that there were like-minded, faith-minded people who would continue to serve on and preaching the gospel. For me, having my wife with me during these times of the pandemic, times when I was being attacked mentally and emotionally, having her around is such a blessing that the Lord would 100% would always use her to speak and minister to me, which would give me clarity of my situation. And when that happens, when I receive that clarity, I would, I would feel joy and peace once again in my heart. On top of that, I have my fellow um, brothers and sisters here in Lighthouse, my new gen family, my co-pastors, my Yamo core family as well, that I trust where if I want to be vulnerable and talk about my situation, I have them for that. It is important to have these people in our lives, people who we can be accountable to. Now I want to talk about the importance of connection. I work in the telco industry, 
and we're fortunate enough to be one of the industries that are still very much thriving despite these current pandemic times because the demand for mobile data and Wi-Fi are just skyrocketing. Of course, it's now a requirement for, for work from home, from learn from home, even doing online business, it's a must. But one thing that people are really clamoring for, for connectivity, for mobile data and Wi-Fi, is to have that constant connection with their friends and loved ones. That aside from productivity, it is the being connected that they're really aiming to use, especially during these times. But there are some of us, though, who use this pandemic as a reason, for some reason, to not be connected. I'm talking to the introverts out there. That some of us may be using this as an excuse to not be active in ministry or to be active in our social circles because it has been so convenient for us to hide because of the pandemic times. But friends, being connected is important because it will nurture the support system that we will all need. For Paul, he never stopped connecting with his friends in the churches. He mentioned Timothy and Epaphroditus, but I'm sure there were more people who cared for him. And he nurtured that through constant communication with them. With the support system that he had, it really gave him peace and joy, not just because of the company, although it, it helps, but also the confidence that they will carry on the purpose, that the work will still carry on, and that he wasn't alone. Friends, do you have your own support system? Or are you a support system to some other people? Maybe it's something that you should start nurturing, especially during these times. So to summarize the three stances of Paul, he saw the purpose. He was filled because he had faith that God has a sovereign plan on why these challenging times are happening, that God would turn his mess into a message. He sought the well-being of others. His joy and peace were filled because being compassionate to others provided a refreshing to his soul. And then he had a support system. He was filled because he had important people around that genuinely cared about him and would carry on the torch. My friends, during these pandemic times, if you are living with your own chains at home and you feel like these chains are hindering you from moving forward, but you, you want to experience that feeling of joy and peace in your heart, ask yourself, what kind of stance do you have right now? What has been your posture this past eight months in the face of persecution? How does it compare to the three S of Paul? If you want to be filled with joy and peace in the face of persecution, then let's have a change in our stance just like Paul. Oh, we're not done yet. Paul didn't leave Philippians with just thanksgiving and praise in his letter, as I mentioned. And for sure, it's not enough for us just to know the stances in being filled with joy and peace. In chapter 3 of Philippians, there is a warning from Paul. It says here, It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. And it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. The warning is that sometimes when we experience joy and peace, there's a tendency to slide back where the enemy will always try harder to disrupt our peace 
and rob the joy that we have. So furthermore, for Philippians, may pabaon pa po si Paul sa atin on how to further sustain it that once we experience that feeling, how do we keep on moving forward with it? How do we sustain it? So right now, I'm going to share with you guys three things on how to sustain joy and peace. Number one, have a constant communication with God. In Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7, he says there, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, this is probably one of the most popular verses in Philippians. I'm sure you've heard of it. Maybe somebody shared it with you. I know some people who have tattoos of this verse in their bodies. But the important thing to emphasize here is to communicate with God in every situation. Talk to Jesus. But not just a regular talk. Do it with thanksgiving and praise. I did a preaching on y- in Yamo with this, and what the Lord allowed us to learn is that when we talk to God, it should be a joyful moment. I mean, if you think about it, we're talking to the God of all things, to the God who created the heavens and of the earth, and having that time with Him, I believe, is something to be joyful about. Next is when we talk to Him, don't just ask for things, or don't just petition for things. You know, the, the first element of prayer is actually of adoration and praise. But how do you guys pray? When you clasp your hands and close your eyes and say, Lord, do you automatically go to, Lord, I want this. Please do this. Please heal this. Please give me this. My friends, don't forget adoration and praise. Thank the Lord. Praise Him for His presence, for being there for you. Pastor Mark Rosaka did a preaching as well in Yamo last month where he said that if we wanted adventure, then we should have that one-on-one, face-to-face time with God. That the importance of your personal alone time with God, that is where big revelations can be heard. I mean, there are several characters and stories in the Bible where big revelations happen during their alone time, from, from Moses to Samuel to David. So again, in order for us to sustain that feeling of joy and peace, make your connections with God consistent. Have a constant, intimate communication with God. Number two, internalize positive things and practice them. In Philippians 4, verse 8 to 9, it says there, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. You heard the saying, garbage in, garbage out, right? When we focus and sulk ourselves too much in our negative situation, it will surely disrupt our peace and rob joy in our hearts. There's also a saying that a minute of worry robs you of 60 seconds of joy. It's easy to get lost in the darkness. And sometimes it may feel like a black hole where we just, when we focus on it, we'll just keep on falling down and feeling down to the point of anxiety and depression. But the reminder here is to remember to seek the light. 
to always pursue the light when we are getting lost in the dark. To always pursue the light means thinking about hopeful, beautiful, and praiseworthy things. We are focusing then on the light which will give us our guidance back to attaining joy and peace. For me, what gives me comfort whenever I am hounded by negative feelings is I think about our happy place, the happy place of my family, which is the beach. And just being hopeful that all of this will be over eventually, that again, my family and I can enjoy the Lord's creation and provision in a beautiful island. That gives me joy and peace. And thinking about these praiseworthy things can just pull us out of that negative space. And as a follow-up, it says here, put these things into practice. If you found that light, that hope, share it to others. Share the light to others by again connecting with them. Or do it in the members of the household so that all of you guys will share that light-filled space in your homes. Again, have a change in mindset and internalize the positive things and share it. The God of peace will be with us. And finally, make God the source of your contentment. In Philippians 4, verse 12 to 13, it says there, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. Again, one of the most popular verses in Philippians, I can do all of this through Him who gives me strength. You see, we can be content with what we have, our homes, our current jobs, our salary, our lot, but what Paul is trying to nail here is to be content with God. To be content with God's strength, which He can and will provide for us to overcome our challenges. Be content with God's provision, His promises, and sovereignty. And being con content here doesn't mean pwede na. It means we are gratified and fully satisfied. For the past eight months, there's been a surge in, in sales for online shopping. And rightfully so because malls were closed, our movement were limited, so a lot of people are buying things online. And you would think that the number one categories would be uh, medicine or, or wellness, but some reports would say that Consumer electronics and even um, clothing, fashion are the number one trends right now. What this is telling me is that sometimes, especially during these pandemic times, we tend to buy our joy and peace back by purchasing a lot of things. But what it gives us is actually just a moment of happiness and not joy. My friends, we can't buy joy and peace because it has already been bought by the blood of Christ. It can't be bought in an online store or digital cloud. We can find it in His heavenly cloud. For Paul, being content in any situation is basically an all-out reliance on God. That no matter what types of attacks we get from the enemy, we can rely and draw from God because He is our source of contentment. And the beautiful thing about it is that that source never runs dry. Cast your cares and burden on the Lord and He will sustain you, says in Psalms 55. Make God the source of your contentment. And to summarize, how to sustain joy and peace? Number one, have a constant communication with God 
internalize the positive things and practice them and make God the real source of your contentment and to make it easy for us to remember to be sustained with joy and peace during these times, we need Him. Lighthouse family, our guests, He is all we need. If you're seeking for joy and peace during these times, follow the three stanzas of Paul and sustain it by going back to Him. If you change your stance and seek Him amidst all of these things that we're going through, I can say that joy and peace are still very much present. My friends, if you were touched by this message and you feel like God is talking to you, would you just close your eyes and bow down wherever you are? I'd like to pray for you. Romans 10 says that if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Lord God, I know that I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. No longer will I close the door when you are knocking in my heart. By faith, I gracefully, gratefully receive your gift of salvation. And I fully trust you as my Lord and Savior. I believe you are the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. So praise you, Lord, and thank you for bearing all of my sins and the gift of eternal life. Come into my life, Lord, Savior. Be my Savior. Amen. And to those of you guys who are feeling so restless in the soul, that anxious heart, when fear is just taking a hold of you, when your thoughts are constantly waging wars, the reminder is that all of the anxiety bows down in your presence, God. Lord, would you cast on blessings of peace and joy, those promises that you keep, Lord God, to those people who are tuned in right now. We receive it in the mighty name of Jesus. Whatever we are going through right now, or we are waiting for breakthroughs financially, healing in our health, Lord God, an answer to why certain situations are happening in our lives, the loss of a loved one, anxiety just always creeps in. Lord, we claim that promise of joy and peace. That we will see the purpose and seek the well-being of others despite their conditions and be a support system to others and to be reminded that we will always seek you during these times to commune with you, to meditate on the positive things and to make God the real source. Make you, Lord God, our source of our contentment. We receive it in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Remember this slide, my friends? After hearing this message, I hope that when we ask you again, that almost all of you, maybe 100% of you guys, would then choose to use the heart sign. Maybe not now. Maybe after you, you marinate on this message, you will have a change of heart, a change of stance, and learn how to fulfill and sustain that feeling of joy and peace. Hallelujah. Next Sunday, patience and self-control. It will be preached by Pastor Josh Hernandez and Pastora Rio Artadi on the next Fruits of the Spirit. Thank you so much for joining us today, Lighthouse family and guests. And my prayer is that you guys will live this week filled with joy and peace to continue moving on, 
having a spirit-filled life. I'd like to invite you to just raise your hands right now. That may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace and give you joy. And all of God's people will say, Amen and Amen. Thank you.